Hello, everybody. Welcome to one more brand new shiny episode number 70 of the SVT podcast. I am in the driver's seat today. My name is Vince. I'm with Tyler and Tim. No Sam today. How's it going, fellas? Good. I, Good. Uh, I'm a little upset that we didn't really talk about how we were on episode 69. I feel I, I feel know like we we've, yeah. Out. We missed it last week. It was a very nice episode, and I'm glad you all tuned in. Uh, we saw the numbers. You, you paid attention. We love you for it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, nice. Sorry, <laughs> that was my fault. I kind of got turned around. Boom, boom. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> so um, as I mentioned, Sam is not with us today. He's off having fun in SoCal, and he'll come back and have a lot to say about the Warriors next week. But this week, it's uh, me and Tyler. We're hanging out. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about the NBA playoffs have started. We're going to talk about the A's and a little bit of Giants as well. We're, we got, we're going to wrap up the season for the Sharkies. We, we got some Wrexham and some San Jose earthquakes to talk about. And people are getting paid in the NFL. Nice little teaser there at the end for you. So mm-hmm. let's dive right in. Starting with the NBA, the playoffs have started. We had the 76ers over the Nets, 121 to 101. And these are all game ones, by the way. I'm giving you the final scores for those. The Knicks beat the Cavaliers 101 to 97. The Lakers beat the Grizzlies 128 to 112. The Clippers outlast the Suns 115 to 110. Celtics over the Hawks 112.99. The Heat beat the Bucks 130 to 117, and the Nuggets take care of business against the Timberwolves 109 to 80. And that brings us to the Warriors and Kings. The Kings were able to outlast the Warriors. They get the job done. They get the get win in game one, 126 to 123. Let's break it down, gentlemen. Honestly, a couple of defensive plays, a couple of free throws. I think the Warriors win this game. I think, uh, you went to a very, very hostile area. I did say it's one of the better stadiums out there as far as arena crowds go. It reminds me a lot of Oakland Roracle back in the day. Um, it's fun. It's great atmosphere. You know, Kings fans waited a long time for this, you know, so they got their win. I think the Warriors settled down game two. Defensively, they, they lock in a little bit better on Malik Monk. They, you know, you're not going to stop De'Aaron Fox, but if you can slow down Malik Monk, I think you win yeah. this game. Malik Monk getting over 30 is what really ended up being the difference. I mean, if you like, like reasonably speaking, if you keep him under 30, you win the game. Uh, and there, there's, there's really no excuse for that. They were so focused. Uh, they did a great job on uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Um, like he he's, was, he's, he, he's they got put that the injured clamps. wrist, right? Uh, yeah. He, well, he's got the injured wrist, but even so they, they absolutely put the clamps on him. He was, he was not able to do anything offensively. Uh, so, so that was really good work on him. Obviously you want to try to slow down De'Aaron Fox a little bit, hold him to under 35, maybe that'd be great. And then obviously you can't let Monk go for 30. That's, that's really the difference right there. And, and I'm not really worried. Like uh, at this point, I'm barely even acknowledging that there is a panic button. Now let's, hmm. let's jump into hypotheticals though. If the Warriors lose game two, what's your concern level? Oh, it's 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 big on the only side that they can't win a road game this year. 
That's been the narrative all season. And if you can't win a road playoff game, let alone a road regular season game, I mean, sorry, but you're going to have to win on the road. So if you can't do it, put a fork in them. They're done. No, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a very good point. Uh, I'll tell you what, if the Warriors do lose game two, that's when I'm going to start like acknowledging where the panic button is. Maybe I flip the cover off the top of it. Cause you know, it's protected in, <laughs> in, in, in glass. So I flip the cover off of the panic button and I'm ready to push it. If they, if they, um, if they lose game two, I'm, I'm aware of where that panic button is. And I am starting to get a little bit concerned if they, uh, but, uh, and until somebody, they always say it's not a series until somebody loses at home. Right. So let's, well, let's it's, make it's when, yeah, same thing. When you yeah, win on, thing. on the other team's court, that's when it yeah. becomes, yeah, a series. that's, that's when it becomes a series. So let's get, let's uh, make that happen. Let's, let's get a win uh, tonight. Actually we're, we're, we're recording on Monday before the game. So game two is going to be final by the time you hear this. And hopefully we're talking about a warrior's win and uh, everything is back to back back to where it should be you know the ship is righted you know a little bit so that's what we're hoping for that's what we're expecting this is a, ver- a veteran team uh we we came in wanting them to get a split in the first two games in yeah. Sacramento anyway so yeah. so the kings winning the first game it obviously gives them a huge shot in the arm they needed it a lot more than the warriors did like just emotionally and I think that might be the toughest that the crowd is going to be. Like, I think I'm not saying that they're not going to be, they're not going to bring the intensity or anything, but to, to be like truly in it, like unless they, they have a clinching situation um, at home, that's when I think they might uh, be something to worry about, like a game seven or something like that. That's when I would worry again. But until that point, the Warriors have played in tough crowds before they've played in hostile environments and E40 getting ejected kind of, I think might've lit a fire under their asses a little bit too. Uh, they played uh, his music in bit. the, yeah, yeah, they played his music in the shoot around today. That's right. We should uh, talk about that. E40 was ejected uh, from the game in the fourth quarter and he cited um, uh, some racist comments that were directed at him and uh, but the him and his, this lady kind of got into it and i don't know what the sacramento kings have said at this point uh, i think we're still waiting on a statement from them if they ejected both him and the lady and they were like chirping at each other like i still don't like it but at least i would get it but if he if e40 is the only one that got ejected if they sent earl home and not her then that's absolutely wrong you know so uh i i i suspect we're gonna see a little bit of a different attitude from the warriors i think if this is the thing that lights the fire under them and they go on to win the next four games and we're talking about, you know, a gentleman sweep. Okay. That's great. Awesome. Love it. Um, I just think it's a little the, odd that it would take, uh, you know, Earl getting sent out to do it. We, you know what we I mean? We would call it the, uh, the E40 series. That's, that's, that's right. basically what it would be called. Yeah. Uh, he was out in Sacramento at like total wine and more or something like signing bottles of his, uh, of his wine, you know, cause, uh, he, uh, our, our guy's an entrepreneur, you know? So, yeah. uh, so I mean, I, I don't know what sources that, that you guys were, uh, were looking at, but I, I just came across a, uh, an article from ESPN and it, it sounded like the situation had little to do with the person that he was, um, uh, uh like arguing with, but it was the fact that the King's security assumed that he was the one 
who was like started starting you know this the conflict trouble. and okay. they they were the ones who instead of ejecting both him and her decided to go after him only right um, i think so, that that's that's what e40 was saying in his statement as well so. yeah yeah so uh that that's what little i know of it because i just heard of it this morning no, yeah that's well. uh that's an excellent clarification thank you tim yeah but if if a king's fan is throwing racial slurs at someone come on king's fan you've been a long time don't act rowdy now stay within yourselves no need to be punching out of the lines in here stay within the lines be a good fan no one says you can't be loud and vocal but definitely you cannot be racist and vulgar like that yeah for yeah. real we've talked about it before there's always a line and you shouldn't cross it and it sounds like this lady may have uh, crossed that line but isn't seeing the repercussions of that uh, action so We'll see what happens with game two, which is tipping off in just a couple of hours for us. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to make sure that we, you know, get this, get, get this recording finished before so we can watch the game. I'm, I, I'm in my Steph Curry uh, run TMC style Jersey. Uh, I'm in my I got clay. The, uh, the blue. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tyler's wearing his clay. We both got championship hats on from last year. Uh, mine's, <laughs> you know, solid black, but I got the patch on the side. You nice, got the one, nice. the actual white one that says uh, NBA champions. So uh, we're ready, man. We're, we're hyped and we're, we're excited to get this game uh, going. So question, question for you. I mean, I do want to talk about the Lakers Grizzlies game. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit too. Um, I also think it's great that the Suns and the Grizzlies both lost as like the top teams, but anyways, aside from that clay going for that layup at the end of the game and then kicking it out to Wiggins in the corner. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that play? Because I, I had conversations with, with some random patrons yesterday at a, at a local brewery about that that play. I'm just curious right. what your thoughts are. I mean, I, I wish Clay would have just taken the shot because you were only down one at that point. Any bucket gives you the lead. So I wish he would have taken that shot. I've seen Andrew Wiggins both make and miss that shot in the past. So uh, obviously Wiggins was wide open. So that was – if this was a play in the middle of the fourth quarter – you know, like, or even, even earlier in the game, uh, that's the correct basketball play that clay made. Um, and it just didn't fall down. The problem is when it's like, you know, the last second, I I, I want to make sure that it's my, you know, future hall of famer taking a shot instead of a guy who's been pretty good the last couple of years, you know? Yeah. I, I say clay made the right Warriors system play. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the that's correct why I'm not, system play. That's why I'm not throwing pillows all over the house in anger about it. You know, like in the system, that was the right play. I just wish in that moment with it being the possibly the last shot being taken of the game, I wish that he would have uh, taken that himself and just tried yeah. to finish it the whole. And uh, Kevon Looney could have picked up an offensive rebound if Clay couldn't get it to fall. So that was, that point, so, you know, that's what I was saying too, was that there was two things that went into it. I, I, you know, you're in the bonus. So yep. take the layup. If you get fouled, you miss it. At least you get to shoot two free throws or maybe you shoot one for a penalty. Looney was trailing and could have gotten the offensive rebound. Yep. You know, also Dre and Sabonis were not in the play at that moment because oh, they, they were got wrestling. tangled up. They were wrestling at the other end of the court and they were tangled up. And the final two minute report came out and they should have probably called a foul on both of them. 
Yeah. And uh, the Warriors should have taken it uh, on a side out. But in that moment, I'm not mad about the refs not blowing the whistle and letting it play out because yeah. both teams were down a man. It was kind of even they were both, you know, the 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 the, the bigs, you know, playing the bigs at the time. So um, I, I, that's right. So Looney wasn't actually on the court at that moment. I think well, I think it was I think the trailing was was um dante i think was the trailer oh that's right yeah anyway uh, uh, that that part my point though is that like you kick it out to wiggins which is like we've said is the right system play but it's also a guy who hasn't played in two months now you probably couldn't tell in that game he looked like he had never missed a beat which was amazing overall i thought he played very well yeah and i I expect him to be starting by game three like i said last week you know well i also think think your boy's right the officiating was was perfect for me I don't think anyone got one call, you know, egregiously wrong other. at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. the Kings shot more free throws, but in all honesty, it was, it wasn't a game where I'm like, wow, this team is definitely shooting more free throws because the ref is blowing the whistles in their favor. I didn't feel that at all. I think the officiating did a great job, but yeah, I definitely think that Sabonis and Dre, that probably should have been a offsetting technical on the both of them. But uh, Hey, we had our chances. We move on to game two. Um, before we move on uh, to uh, talk about other sports news here, I do want to talk about uh, Memphis Grizzlies and the Lakers. Yeah, that was that. a uh, yeah, that was an interesting game to say the least. Um, but the big storyline out of that is that um, Ja Morant went for a layup, and Anthony Davis was you know basically posted to try and get a to try and get a um, uh, an offensive foul, right? Right. So John Morant hits him on the way up as he's coming down. John Morant's hand literally bends backwards and then it snaps forward. So he immediately left the game. X-ray said they were negative, but he's doubtful for game two. I'd be shocked if he plays any other games because it looked like he shattered his wrist. Like it looked gruesome. Right. And then ESPN decided to show it four more times. Oh, wait, we got uh, breaking news right now. We got somebody breaking into the chat. It's our boy Sam down from L.A. with his girl, Julia. How's it going, Sam? What's up, Vince? I I wanted to crash the party. I'm coming to you live from Trader Sam's at Disneyland. (laughs) Bye, dude. I just wanted to say we're going to get the win tonight. Go Warriors. We're going to get it. We're going to even the series and we're going to go on and win it awesome <laughs> all that's right. great stuff you having fun hey, down there bud i'm having a blast i wish i do wish i was on the show but you know disneyland needed me they they they, they tapped your boy on the shoulder <laughs> you got the call up to anaheim man i totally get I, it i had to do it i had to do it i just wanted to crash the party say hello shout out to all the fans out there <laughs> We hey, got uh, new ones. I, I know that I know that you weren't part of the pre-show, but uh, we had almost sixty listens this past week on the YouTube. Yeah, like yep. you know what? I've been People tracking it. Up. I've been tracking that. The hell with John Fisher. <laughs> we'll have more of that next week. There but you go. Tonight, it's Warriors Night. That's right. <laughs> Let's All get right. the dub dubs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. I love you. I just wanted to say hello, crash the party a little bit, and uh, let's get that win, boys. All right, man. All right. Take love it you easy. too, bud. Yeah, All right, brothers. Later. Later. Later.
So there you go. You heard a live report from Sam right there breaking through uh, it, perfect timing too. We had literally just finished up our part of the Warriors. I'm glad he was able to hop on and uh, just share his excitement for the game there. They're at Trader Sam's. That's a, that's a bar that I've frequented a lot when I was in Disneyland, you know? Oh, same, so uh, same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, all that, about the trader, man. That That's Sam. He's a trader. I mean, <laughs> trader Sam. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, to, to finish my thoughts on, on the on the Warriors and I'm sorry, the Lakers and Grizzlies, um, John Morant's hurt. I don't think he's going to play. That's 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 a big blow. You don't have Morant. You don't have Steven Adams. You don't have Brandon Clark. So if the Lakers end up winning this whole, you know, first round series, it's all because of injuries decimated this Grizzlies team. And right. I am here for it. I love all of the hate that they're going to get. I just wish that players could stay healthy but I want them to lose the series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a healthy hate that we have for Memphis now at this point. And uh, Memphis has done themselves no favors. And I'm certainly not sad that they're, that some of these guys are, are not able to get uh, suit up and play at this point. They're uh, they, they play a little bit with too much reckless abandon. If, um, if John Morant turns his like, 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 I think he's always at 11. If he takes it down to about an eight and a half, He's still playing super aggressively, but a little bit more controlled. And maybe he wouldn't get hurt all the time, you know? Yep, and maybe exactly. that they would they wouldn't have any more excuses for why they keep taking L's, you know? I well, don't know, just, man. Just learn from Derrick Rose, I guess, you know? Yeah, no kidding. They play, okay. they pretty much the same player, if you think about it. Derrick Rose in his prime was a dynamic uh yeah. you know, striker to the to the rim there. But um, yeah, get healthy. I hope uh I do want to see a good series out of that, but you know, I want to see it with healthy players. Although I do want the Grizzlies to lose. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Grizzlies losing is more important than, than both of them being healthy. If I'm being entirely honest, speaking um, of but... healthy, we, we've got it on here. Okay. So before the playoffs really kicked off, we had the play in tournament, right? Right. And uh, Zion Williamson has been, I don't know why I put Zion Williams. His name is Williamson, but anyways, he was seen doing windmill dunks in the pregame but said that he wasn't able to suit up in an elimination game and ultimately New Orleans loses and then gets eliminated from the playoffs. So is Williams a bust in your eyes? At this point, he's been so injured every year. Like, I mean, I I can't rely on him. The best ability is availability, right? That's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason because it's true. If you're not able to get out there on the court and participate and help your team win. What good are you, you know? And I I don't want to quite use the word bust just yet because I still think he's going to get paid on this next contract and he's going to have the opportunity, but yeah, yeah. It's absolutely crazy. I don't get it, man, but it's uh, he's going to get top dollar and he's, he has not proven that he's capable of, surviving the nba season you know the rigors of an nba season mm-hmm. and i just uh i'm glad the warriors aren't paying him you know wait uh, wait so is this guy being paid to just be a bench warmer is that is that what is happening well Pretty i mean much. he has yeah, at this point um he was drafted to be you know the heir apparent the heir apparent excuse me to lebron james and steph curry but he just hasn't been healthy and when he's healthy and playing and, and in rhythm he's he's a very very talented player but you know capable of windmill dunks like we saw in in pregame but uh, he isn't but, able to suit up for a game which is exactly crazy. yeah so wow. 
okay. the biggest knock on him too, Tim, is that um, Zion is is a football player playing basketball. He's a very oh. big, large human being. And when you're jumping, you know, and compressing your knees that with that amount of weight and force, that's also going to be a cause for concern for injuries. And they've been trying to get his weight under control. I think he was in Portland all last season to try and get his weight under control. And um, yeah, it's just, it sucks, man. Cause he, he, Zion was one of those guys that like was a, a, a viral superstar. He was all over YouTube. You know, it was just one of those things that people just watch Zion Williamson grow up. And they were like, oh, when he went to Duke, he was like a prolific person. So there was a lot of promise for him. Not to say that that's gone, but uh, it certainly uh, has been quite diminished of, of what we could have seen and what we have probably could have witnessed if he wasn't so injury prone all the time. Yeah. You know, um, maybe this is something that we can do in the future, but how many athletes have been successful crossing between sports? Like... Well, you got Deion Sanders. You've okay. got yeah. uh, at the highest level. Uh, yeah, and then you've got uh, B- uh, Bo Jackson. Yeah. Well, there's Bo Jackson, of course. Yeah, but the, there's very few, right? I mean, that. Right. I mean, I, most of the, most of these guys, they're um, they're college like they, they played multiple sports in college, but then when they go pro, they choose one or the other. Okay. Um, another recent example yeah. would be Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, That's uh, true. who was drafted in the first round by both an MLB team, a team that we, you know, still kind of root for right now, even though we're mad at them, the Oakland A's. And he was <laughs> drafted, you know, first overall by the Arizona Cardinals. He chose football and, you know, he hasn't looked back since at this point, uh, you know, he's been, you know, he just got paid again by Arizona. Mm-hmm. So he's not going anywhere. And that was a wasted draft pick. Good oh, job. This- Good job yeah, guys. It- we I think it. we'll have to uh, definitely look at the list here. But as far as successful goes, I think that list is pretty short, honestly. Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, not it, even it, counting Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was not a good baseball player. No, no, <laughs> right? he was not. Well, he, uh, he, tried. He, he, he struggled <laughs> to hit it. He couldn't hit his weight uh, at double A. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would not count Michael Jordan in that. I, I would say, I mean, John Elway. Uh, was was another one. Um, he was yeah. a, a terrific baseball player uh, in college, but chose football. Oh, and um, you know what? I mean, Steph Curry could be on that list when he retires. He could be a, a prolific golfer. golf player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Holy uh, scratch moly! Golfer. That's yeah. right. Holy moly, man! <laughs> so no, we'll, we'll have to pull up a list. I'm curious. I I do think that list is yeah. probably I'm, less than ten. I'm yeah. I'm thinking about basketball players in college like Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates mm-hmm. that became tight ends, you know, and were and and were very very good at that because they're big bodied, um, and they were they know how to get position because of basketball and they they got they got good feet footwork, uh, so that kind of translated pretty well and those are two Hall of Fame tight ends, you know. So, I mean, th- th- there is a list of guys that did it in college that were two sport athletes. Um, but by the time you turn pro, very few people are able to make it work at a professional level in two yeah. sports. Yeah. You, yeah. Would you count pretty Kittle? much what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Would you count Kittle in the future if he, if he joined uh, like WWE? Um. Those guys are athletic. Yeah, yeah no, they, they are I'm, absolutely athletic. Yeah, and, yeah, are. and those guys, I mean, they, it's uh, like people say, Oh, it's not real. I'm like, no, it's very real. Like those, those things are actually happening. It's yeah. scripted, 
You know, it's yeah. scripted. They may not it, be getting punched in the face repeatedly, but they are like getting bodies thrown on top of them. And oh, yeah, it's, the, it's there's falls like work, yeah. broken legs, bruises, you know, like like it is it, it is professional stunt work, you yeah. know, with a exactly. script. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's it, it's theater and stunt work all in one. So um, I actually I, I do have a lot of respect for, uh, you know, a good chunk of those uh, those wrestlers who. Uh, make it work for a long long time you know um yeah like john cena and all of those guys like like, it's tough to do that for that long uh rock the dwayne johnson you know yeah yeah all right well i do i do want to bring up something but we'll do that later on on the uh on the show docket here because i I know we got to press for time we gotta move on here but uh yeah mike brown i know we're gonna say here great coach terrific coach was once our coach and he is the coach of the year for the nba so congratulations good job yep. mike brown yeah he oh, uh, absolutely brown. earned it the kings are uh like he he took that team a lot of people had them nowhere near the playoffs and he made them the three seed uh instilling that warriors culture you're welcome sacramento that's us yeah right mm-hmm. crazy you got our former owner uh, a, a former minority owner, uh, Vivek Renadive, he, uh, you know, became the majority owner of the Sacramento Kings. Uh, yep. He instills a former Warriors assistant, uh, Mike Brown, who also had a uh, quite the career as a head coach before he joined the Warriors as well. So, uh, and then you got a couple of former Warriors players uh, on the coaching staff, uh, Leandro Barbosa, and you got Harrison Barnes, the senator. Uh, <laughs> who knows the Warriors way, uh, you know, granted he hasn't been on the team for a long, long while, but I mean, he was still here. Like, you know, he, he grew up uh, into an NBA player here in golden state. So, so he's, and he has a championship on uh, under his belt, uh, the 2015 sure team. So sure does. That's the first time that he drank alcohol too. That's right. I remember oh that God, story. I wanted him and Ross gold on with it to hook up. I wanted that so bad, but <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy oh. like Roz and her sister are all over sports like they are the uh the sideline reporters uh i think her sister also does the uh nba reports on on espn2 so yeah well espn as well not espn2 but as yeah yeah so yeah so yes yeah they're they're everywhere they're great um speaking you know what you know what yeah. i miss though Who? i miss i miss susan slusser i miss yeah. her yeah, I miss her covering the A's. Uh, she's covering the Giants now, um, and she has been for a couple of years. Matt Kawahara does a pretty good job. It's just, it's just not the same. I miss Sue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, so let, let, let's talk about the A's. They they went uh, one in three versus Baltimore uh, at Baltimore, and then they go zero and three against the New York Mets, including a loss on Sunday in ten innings. A uh, game that your boy Vinny G was at for the 1973 reunion. Um, they were actually nice. selling, t- like they did a flash sale back in like, I don't know, November or December. And they said, we're going to sell tickets for 1973 prices. So including taxes and fees, I paid 40 bucks for five tickets. So eight bucks a ticket. Oh, and we were sitting, pretty sweet. We were sitting yeah. in the first deck too. So um, Plenty of uh, foul balls right around us. Just couldn't quite find my uh, find my hands. You know, they were a little bit too far out of my reach. Did you see? Um, I should have retweeted on our on our thing, but the Friday night was that the first game of the series against the Mets? Yes. Yeah. The so 17-6. We, we lost seventeen to six, and, and the A's uh, 
whoever's running their social media page, I mean, I know they're not getting a raise, but you know, God forbid that they are glad that they can stick around and, and do this here. But instead of posting what they normally do, which is like a screen grab of the game and then the score, it was like a meme of these two guys sitting on the bench are sitting on like a tram or a bus and oh, it's yeah, the same yeah. guy, but one guy's looking at the cliff side and the other guy's looking out the window. Yeah. And, the and cliff side guy is all sad and the window guy <laughs> is happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it said, and it said, uh, posting the A's final score and it was a sad guy. And then it says, or this meme, it was the happy guy. They didn't even want to post <laughs> the score of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that that's fair. That was very fair. Um, yeah, so uh, the A's are thir- three and thirteen. They're dead last in the AL West, and sixty wins. It looks like it's going to be tough, man. Uh, uh, I'm pretty they, sure they, they're they dead could... last in, in in MLB. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't bother bother to check that entirely. Uh, we do want to talk about uh, something that that uh, is in the works right now with the A's, though. On June thirteenth, which is a Tuesday night game against the Rays, uh, first pitch is at 6.40 p.m. It sounds like the A's fans are trying to organize what they're calling a reverse boycott. And and the idea here is they want to show the national media that the reason why fans aren't coming to the game is not because there aren't fans, it's because ownership has driven us away. And unfortunately... There's very few opportunities to prove that they just see empty stands and say it doesn't work in Oakland, move them somewhere else. You know, that that's been the talking point forever. And the point of this is to show, Hey, that's not true. We are here. We're just waiting for this piece of shit. John Fisher to get his ass out of here. We're sick of his shit. We're sick of being uh, fucking gaslit all the time about this, about not having any money. He's a multi-billionaire. I mean, you, you've heard Sam rants about this. Tyler's rants about it. Sam isn't on right now. So I'm picking up the reins. Fuck John Fisher. Okay. Um, God, I, just, oh, I, I, he pisses me off so much. He doesn't give a shit about this team. Uh, but the point of this, let's, let's circle back. The point of this is to show that the fans aren't the reason it's John Fisher. He's the reason why the team isn't uh, drawing any fans. And uh, basically we're trying to take that talking point away. If we get, I don't know, 35, 30,000 people there, like, which is, you know, half full stadium. The stadium is capable of holding like 55,000 people, you know, so but he's not removing the, the third deck. Though. He's not removing the tarps. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking like Mount Davis even like I'm, I'm, I'm just oh. talking. If you fill up the entire third deck, second deck and first deck, that's still like 55,000 ish, give or take, you know, 50,000, 55. But if you get 30,000 in there, 35,000 on a Tuesday against the Rays, which is a team that nobody on the West coast gives a shit about, you know, that's the other message is, you're not having it filled in by Yankees fans or Red Sox fans or Giants fans. Even Uh, it's proving that these are almost entirely A's fans showing up that we do still exist. We do still care about this team. Uh, We just are refusing. uh, We've been refusing at this point to, to financially support coming to the game to support a product that we know is terrible. The, yeah. uh, unfortunately we will be giving money to John Fisher by doing this. And we, and, and we understand that, but at this point, not showing up hasn't worked. So 
the idea is you, you change the message a little bit. This is this is the A's fans' way of taking the message and flipping it a little bit and make them talk about another point instead. So well, if you're I'm an A's fan, it's... oh, go ahead. Oh, if you're an A's fan, uh, and you can make a Tuesday night game work, please come. Uh, I will say that this first pitch at 6:40, the game will be over. Like the uh, a nine inning game is now taking two hours and 35 ish minutes. So you're talking about the game being done at 9:15. Yeah, ish. You know, sometime around 9:15. If you live anywhere nearby the Coliseum, if you're in Hayward or Oakland or you know even Richmond, you're 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 going to be home by 10. You know, so so it it, it won't be too, too terribly late. I think for one night you can make it work, and I think it's very important to send a message to all the the national media, to the uh to to the people covering this team that it's important to show up that we do still exist. So I love I, that I, yeah. it's it's being picked up. So essentially, it started as a Facebook uh, group thing, and you know, people were just a, twi- a little about Twitter it. meme. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it got picked up by local news uh, in in the coming or the past few days. It was picked up by Bleacher Report. And then I just read today that it, uh, Sports Illustrated wrote an article onto it. So it's getting some national traction, which is great. We need that. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's you got to support as the best you can. Um, we're still debating on getting our tickets. But my concern that I'm worried about is that John Fisher knows what day the game is. Who's to say he won't raise the prices just to just to get at him one last dig at him at all the yeah fans. we'll see I mean I mean at this point the prices are fairly you know well locked in they're not gonna really do uh flex ticket like they, I, I will say they probably won't be offering discount tickets for that game I mean they they do a lot of you know flash sales ten dollar tickets or whatever for different games that they think there won't be a lot of people at to try to just get anybody into the stadium. Like that's the marketing team doing that. Um, So I think it's with this secret out in now at this point, I don't think they're going to do that for this game. I think they'll probably make you pay full price, but that being said, full price, even though they have raised the ticket prices in recent years, a lot, it's still more affordable than a lot of other things you could be doing in the Bay area. So yeah. If you're able to make it happen, uh, then please come down, hang out, give, give us a shout. We'll be, uh, uh, I'm going to probably look at buying tickets after we're done recording, but before the yeah. Warriors game starts. Yeah. Uh, oh, definitely. So we'll Wait, see. Breaking news. John Fisher hires Ticketmaster for the game. Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> just kidding guys. Just kidding. No, they're already using ticket bastard, man. Um, <laughs> or, right. so Taylor's going to fuck against- them up. <laughs> the game is against the Rays. It's a good point to point out that the Rays did some history. Um, they are the first team to go 13-0 to start an MLB season. And uh, they're currently, I don't know if they played today, but when I did this, it was 14 and they're 14 and two. But we were just talking about how it's a team that they don't really people don't give a shit. But hey, if the Rays are this hot and we get to see them and they're still this hot come that time, it should be a fun game no matter what. So all the more reason, buy your ticket. Go watch the A's versus the Rays. That's right. That game, yep. again, once again, is on June 13th. Uh, it's something that I wholeheartedly support as a guy who has not been spending much money on the A's as of late. You know, uh, I'm still 
obviously I'm still a fan until they, unless they decide to leave Oakland. But at this point, they're still here. They're still, um, there's still something I care deeply about. And I just want to send a message. And so I'm, I'm excited to go to that game. I even just requested uh, the day off from work. So maybe we do, you know, maybe we hang out beforehand. I don't know. Um, This is obviously, you know, moving fast. So a lot of things have to be decided first, but you know, uh, let's get excited. Let's get to a ball game. Yeah. I, I hope this is the first domino. Honestly, like you guys need like a win when it comes to uh, being a club and yeah, I just, the, the more media, the more that people see that like there is a solidarity around it. It's like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Wins aren't coming on the field. So let's get them in the stands at least. The, the moment I look down on my phone and it's got a red alert and it says John Fisher selling the A's. That'd be the happiest day. I might Maybe not. One of the happiest days. <laughs> I, if that happens, sorry, graphic, but I might jizz my pants if that happens. I hope I'm hope I'm working from home that day because I'm gonna need to change if that if that ever happens, man. Oh my gosh. Well, we got another team across the pond here. So uh tell us how the Giants did it. All right. So the Giants went one and two against the Dodgers, uh, and then they went oh and two against Detroit. They uh they got rained out kind of yeah. on sunday it's yeah. a little weird that game's gonna be made up in like july or something so um since both teams have a game on monday they they got the miami marlins coming up uh so they're currently five wins nine losses they're fourth in the nl west um so they're they're winning a couple more games in the a's but not a lot so so that's kind of what we expected to be yeah honest. yeah i mean I expected them to be right around 500. Uh, They're a little bit below 500 at this point. So we'll see what happens against Miami. I mean, Miami's a terrible team as well. They could, they could pick up, you know, a a, a series sweep there and be right there, right around 500 again. So um, uh, they do have some good news though. They, they were able to extend their star pitcher, Logan Webb uh, five years, 90 million. He's tied to San Francisco through the 2028 season. So I mean that's a that, that's a pretty team friendly contract for a guy who you expect to be the ace of that squad for the next six years, including this year. So yep, I uh, agree. Good on the Giants to get that uh, contract extension done. Good on Logan Webb to get yourself paid, um, and you know just uh, have a, have the best time, have the best day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well. I hope that uh, the uh, Sharkies here can uh, get a top pick and be able to re-sign players that we can be hopeful and promised about. I want I want a bright future, and it looks yeah. like they've done a great job of not successfully doing that. Right. Yeah. So are, are they at the bottom yet? Or are they uh, at no, the so bottom? The, bottom. The, the season just ended. They finished the season twenty-two wins, forty-four losses, sixteen overtime losses which is seventh in the Pacific, 14th in the West, and most importantly, 29th out of 32 teams in the NHL in terms of points accumulated. So they ended the year on a three-game losing streak. Uh, they lose at Winnipeg. Uh, they lose at Calgary, and they lose uh, at, at, uh, uh, at home to Edmonton, it looks like. They, they so, actually, those are the last three games I posted. They actually lost six in a row. Yeah, so yeah, they, they wow. lost six in a row, yeah. So that's kind of what we thought might happen. This does of course circle back around to my rant about overtime losses. Uh, 
Yes. And how I think that that shouldn't be a thing anymore because both the Anaheim Ducks and the Chicago Blackhawks had more wins than the Sharks did as the, like at the end of the year. But because of the Sharks took some of those games to overtime before losing, they had more, you know, uh, standings points, points uh, more points in the standings, which is which, which I think is the horsest of shits. And uh, I'm just not, I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, so, but that's the way it is. So the Sharks are fourth best odds to land the number one overall pick in the draft lottery, which will be coming up in about three weeks, I think. So yes. we will keep so our eyes 20, on that. 20 days. But I think what hurts the most is that Anaheim became the top pick. Yep. Let's Anaheim think. is the current favorite to land the top overall pick. But that being said, their odds of landing it are actually about one in four. It's like 25.5%, I think. Yeah. So, so we'll see how that shakes out. That means three, like there's, there's basically a three out of four chance that a team not named Anaheim gets the first overall pick. And at that point, you just kind of hope that uh, the sharks get lucky and it's their ball pulled. So, so that's what you're looking for. And then if they can get a, a, a top two pick um, specifically, number one, if you can get Connor Bedard, who everybody thinks is, the next the, Ovechkin, the, the, the next Gretzky. The next, oh, the, yeah. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin, uh, Connor McDavid, even like, like yeah. these are huge stars that didn't play a day in the minors because they were, they're NHL ready prospects and and Connor Bedard is all of that as well. So this is a chance to really reset the franchise. And I just and, don't want to be Anaheim. I don't want to see him that much. I'd rather Amen. be Chicago or, or, or Columbus, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I just don't, I don't want to see Anaheim. I don't, right. I hate Anaheim. Can't stand yeah. it. Yeah. We hates them. Um, <laughs> the Anaheim Fox. Okay. So moving from a pond on a uh, concrete, a frozen pond, a frozen pond to a pond to crossing the pond, uh, the Atlantic pond, uh, Wrexham, was able to secure a tie against Barnett. Nil, nil. There's three games left. There's three games left. What's going on, Ty? What's going on? I, we, we needed that win, man. I mean, we don't. I, like I said last week, we need two wins and a tie. So we've got the tie. We can check that off the box. But we need two wins. That's all you two need. Wins. Two you wins. Three games. Get two wins. And then and you're I said, automatically you, promoted, man. Do you work early? get this Saturday win, get the following Saturday win, and then go pick up some kids off the street and throw a jersey on them and let them play because we're popping champagne bottles and we're moving into the European Football League. That's right. Okay, so let's get it done, Wrexham. You know, the Oakland A's of English football. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the San Jose Earthquake, speaking of Oakland A's, same owner, there's your connection. Boom, did it perfectly. <laughs> Uh, they get the win against Sporting Kansas City 3 0. They're currently four wins, two losses, two draws, 14 points, fifth in the Western Conference. They started this year off pretty good. I'm pretty excited, man. Uh, they are easily in the in a playoff seat right uh, right now. Let's uh, hope they can maintain and keep playing well. Uh, Abopasi had two goals in the game, so and you get a clean sheet. That's a huge confidence builder and you beat a team that you're supposed to beat. Sporting Kansas city is down near the bottom of the Western conference standings. Yep. Um, 
handle your business, right? If you beat the teams you're supposed to beat and you can, you know, match up against the teams that are, you know, so-called better than you, I'm doing the air quotes. If you can, you know, go even against them, get some wins, get some draws, um, you know, make a show. And this is going to be a, a pretty good season. It looks like so far. So it's very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy right now with that. Yeah. I mean, it, San Jose has been one of those teams that they had a great promising start of their, you know, illustrious career, but uh, it's been kind of dole city after that. And I think uh, a lot of it is your owner. So yeah, he got a stadium though. Guess what? They still suck. Yeah. So, so even a stadium, like we've said, may not be the end all uh, cure all for, for all that ails the A's. So we'll see what happens. Basically we just need John Fisher gone because I don't trust him. Mostly because of literally everything he's ever done. Um, I can only trust him as far as I can throw him. (laughs) I'm not very strong, so I can't throw him at all. Uh, My shoulders, (laughs) uh, I I just, my, my my shoulders uh, have like chronic injuries from, uh, you know, from playing baseball. So so what you're saying is, so what you're saying is that you're not, going to get a five-year $255 million extension with $179 million guaranteed as a quarterback. And and a no-trade clause either. I'm definitely not getting that either. Vince, um, Vince, they have this contraption called a catapult. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jalen Hurts got five years, $255 million, $179 million guaranteed, and a no-trade clause. Why am I repeating it? Because that's my quarterback. That's my guy. And he earned every single penny of that 179 million guaranteed so shout out to jalen hurts um he is now the highest paid nfl player ever that's right wow. 50 mil a year nice. if uh, if all the um stipulations and you know bonuses are met that's 51 million a year that's good money if you can get it man right. that's what i was rare. saying he was gonna break the 50 million barrier i had no doubt so yeah. but we'll see maybe lamar jackson won't be outdone um there's talks about that he's trying to get 200 million guaranteed. So um, I don't, I mean, at this point, Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. He's an MVP caliber quarterback when healthy um, Jalen hurts, I think has probably proven to be at this point in time, a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. So I don't know if Lamar, Lamar Jackson is going to do the same thing as Jalen hurts, but definitely should get paid. Um, he is a terrific quarterback and, and one of the better ones that we have in the league. So yeah. So we'll uh, Lamar, get your money next time. Get an agent. Cause uh, the, the one thing that people don't talk about with NFL agents um, is sometimes the NFL agent has to be the one that's uh, that's, you know, dro- that drops a middle finger at the team and says, fuck you pay my guy. And if you don't have an agent, you have to be that guy um, that gets a little awkward. So it's well, it's really important, I think. The to agent have an is agent. the middleman that everybody yeah. has to. Yeah, he's hate. somebody has to tell. <laughs> you have to have somebody on, uh, like that that tells the ownership and tells the GM occasionally when necessary to go fuck themselves. And you can't be that guy if you if you don't have an agent. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it leads to awkwardness and it makes negotiating tougher. I think so. I think there is value to having an agent. Um, especially a good one like like uh Jalen Hurts has. Yeah, Jalen Hurts that's what I was going to talk about is what I think is so cool and unique about, you know, his agent situation is that everything his social media, his agents, you know, anything that runs his day-to-day life, he's hired nothing but women 
to take control and to do all of that. He's he requested to not have any men be on his staff because he said that women work better together and that they're more efficient. And they sure as hell proving it by getting him this yeah. deal done. And she had a great tweet, great. man. Yeah. She, like, like way back in January, she's like, I'm looking for a Brinks truck when she was yep. trying to get him paid. And then today she's like, never mind, found it. Like she retweeted yep. it. Never mind, found it. Uh it's yeah, very Nicole good. Lynn. Nicole very... Lynn is a great agent. So yeah. uh, I think Jalen Hurts is a great guy. I think he's got a good head on his shoulder over there. And man, can't wait to see what next season brings. Now, now you got paid. Now you got to go win one. That's right. So I guess that kind of brings us to the end of what we had planned to talk about. Um, You got any points for the, uh, anything for the good of the order? I didn't, but you know, sometimes I'll sit somewhere and I'll have a random sports thought in my head that probably shouldn't be there, but it's there. Just curious. Hear me on this one. Okay. Do you think a sumo wrestler would be a really good, offensive lineman maybe not an edge but maybe like a center like a guard yeah it's pass blocking that's what sumo wrestling is right it's pass that's blocking. what i'm saying do you, think they'd be good? do you think it'd be um, good they got good footwork but do they uh, have it to worked run? in the movie the replacements where keanu reeves was the quarterback they got a sumo wrestler <laughs> to play a guard so i mean uh it, you know you get him you get a sumo wrestler to slim down to under you know 350 i mean the skills are still there i think like I don't, I don't see that being a problem. You know, just some dude just mauling the shit out of somebody. I think in theory, it'd be something worth trying. I wish, I wish they would just hire bears. Just put bears <laughs> on the field. <laughs> right. Well, cause, cause they did, they, they did rugby players, you know, and mm-hmm. they went to go play football and some have worked out. Some have been tragically horrible. Like that guy that killed someone, yeah, not him. Yeah. So, yeah, no, um, former 49 are great. Uh, fucking what's yeah. his name? But uh, no, just random thought. I was sitting at a bar one day, and A's game was on, and the other screen was a sumo wrestling match. And I was like, I wonder if they'd be a good offensive lineman. Something to think about. It might be. Anyways, you know, if you guys think that a sumo wrestler would be good, or you think that I am batshit crazy, let us know in the comments below. That's right. Please. Um, you are listening to the SVT podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and hit the bell to get alerts when we post a new episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SVT Sports Pod. Slide into our DMs. We would love to interact with you, beautiful people. Buy your tickets, June 13th. June 13th. Buy your tickets, and uh, we'll see you there. Yeah. Good night. Later, guys. All right.